Shumrabyug. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Sure Look, Sure Listen, the podcast that takes a pop at culture. Sure Look, Sure Listen. Sure Look, Sure Listen. Sure Look, Sure Listen. Sure Look, Sure Listen. Sure Look. Sure Listen. Sure Look, Sure Listen. Sure Look, Sure Listen. You know what, Ben? I have a funny feeling that I remember doing all of this before. But your look, that doesn't matter, because this week we're taking a look at Nightmare Alley, which going by your dreadful show notes is something to do with Guillermo del Toro. We're also going to look at the trailer for the new programme, Hawk Hang Guy. On. Hold on. Yes? Hold on. You don't interrupt this little, bit, Ben. What was that little jab at my show notes? Your show notes? It just says Nightmare Alley Guillermo. What does that mean? It means Nightmare Alley Guillermo. All right, fair enough. First of all, first of all, oh, don't you go. sneak in little jabs at me <laughs> in the intro because it's uninterruptible, right? You can't interrupt the intro. <laughs> right? <laughs> right? Now I have to start again. <laughs> no, you don't. Get on with it. Sure, look, Ben, this week we're having a look at Nightmare Alley, something to do with Guillermo, apparently. <laughs> then we're going to have a look at the Hawk Guy trailer. And, Ben, we're going to have a look at What If, starring Killmonger, What If There Was More Killmonger. And I've seen a film, Ben, the new film. It's a spooky, scary film called Malignant from your favourite director and mine, James, the only, the one and only one. He is the one and only, Michael. Should yes. listen. Yes. If that wasn't enough. Go on, right. which it isn't. We're also going to be taking a trip down memory lane, Michael. Um, we're going to be looking at the use of memory in the, in the sci-fi films, Michael. Oh, very the clever. Films. Benjamin. Uh, yes. It might be enough if we keep interrupting each other as much this week. What is Nightmare Alley and what has it got to do with Guillermo? Well, Michael, this December, we've just gotten a trailer for, uh, not this December, sorry. We've just gotten a trailer for Nightmare Alley from Guillermo del Toro. It's his latest little flick. It's coming out in December, Michael, in December. It's, it seems to be following in the vein of The Shape of Water in that it's set in an mm. indeterminate 1920s to 1940s America. The olden times. Yes, Michael, but as opposed to a secret government lab facility, this time it's a bloody sideshow carnival, a freak show, Michael, is where it's oh. set. Not it's, my favourite setting, Ben. I've never enjoyed that setting. Is it, is it because it's a bit mean, Michael? A bit, a bit, just, it might be that it's It might be that it's gross and horrible, but mm. I don't know. I've never enjoyed a freak show. It was one of my least favourite things about Heroes. It, it was one of my least favourite seasons of American Horror Story. Hmm. I don't know. Maybe just let's leave it in the past, Guillermo. Yeah, it's 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 it's. Look, I mean, yeah, maybe we should just leave that kind of thing into the past, Michael. It's it's harmful and it's it's not very good for the people involved. Usually, is it, Michael? It's not. It's not. Ah, good but then on the other hand, maybe Guillermo will have a good take on it. Yeah. Well, anyway, he's got a, a bloody stellar cast to give it a go, Michael. Uh, go on. The main character seems to be one Bradley Cooper, Michael. Oh, I've heard of him. Uh, and from what we can piece together from the trailer, he seems to be, right? Now mm. bear with me mm. here. Yes. He seems to be some kind of occultist at certain points in the trailer. Right. Right. And then other times, he's a labourer for the freak show. Oh, is it in his imagination, Ben? So, no, well, now, Michael, what I reckon is, right? I reckon is, right? Go on. One Go Bradley on. Cooper made his living pre-1920s uh, market crash. Right. Pre the Great Depression, he made his he he earned his coppers, Michael, by being an old occultist and uh, messing around with some magicy stuff. Mm. And Michael, there's two possibilities here: either the the Great Depression hit, and uh, he was laid low, and he ended up being a, a worker, or Michael, he bloody coaxed something into this reality, and it's taken hold of him, Michael, because the central narrative that we see in this trailer, Michael, is that there's some kind of mysterious beast. Uh, oh, that eats things. Uh, oh, we find all this out, Michael, through Willem Dafoe's bloody narration. Willem Dafoe <laughs> is playing a P.T. Barnum-style ringmaster. Ah, oh, classic. He's given go a little, for all the tropes. Going for all the tropes, Michael. He's giving us his little spiel. He's telling us, "Is it a man? Is it a creature? What is it? You'll see it feed." <laughs> it's Bradley Willem Cooper, Dafoe. though. It's possibly Bradley Cooper, by the looks of things, Michael. Oh, uh, it's, it's got other stellar people in it there, Michael. It's got Rooney Mara. Oh, yeah, from The Girl With So Many Tattoos. The Girl With So Many Tattoos. So many. And then it's got Kate Planchett. Yes, not very few tattoos. Very few tattoos. The Girl With Less Tattoos. Yeah, fewer tattoos. Uh, it has Tony Collette, Michael. 
Oh, um, from uh, Who's After Killing Dad? Oh, who's axing off the family? Yeah. yeah. And then finally, Michael has a couple of standards in there. It has a Ron Perlman. Oh, he's very good. It has a Richard Deitchman. Don't um, know who that is. Anyway, you'd know him to see him, Michael. But anyway, it looks to be a good old-fashioned Guillermo del Toro period piece horror. Um, we'll probably find out that the monster's a grand old lad and that humans yeah. aren't the best. Humans were the monsters all along, Benjamin. All along, Speaking, Michael. Benjamin, of humans being the monsters all along, did you see the trailer for the upcoming Marvel television show, Hawkeye and... Hawkeye and the Legend of Go Away Boring Family, It's Time for Adventures. <laughs> yes. It's uh, it, the working title for the project, Michael, is Hawkeye Abandonment um, yeah. or Hawkeye Neglect. Yes. And you can take a look. So for a man, Michael, who who was just pining for an owl family. Five years, Ben. Five years he was looking for them. <laughs> Five years of just like, ah, Jesus, where's my family? Where's my family? I wish this... they were here. I've gone mad. I'm I'm all stabby now because they're not here. The second he gets a Kevin McAllister Home Alone style opportunity, he's just like, right, you you lot go back to the ranch. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to stick it out here in New York. Uh, so, yeah, Benjamin, we... this was... This was one of the things we've discussed about this, the potential of this show many times, because the the comic book that this is very clearly and this trailer shows us that it is very clearly Mm. based on it. Hawkeye, my life as a weapon, has him as a single schlubby loser in New York. And we always wondered how it was going to how it was going to tie in having Hawkeye as a single schlubby loser with a string of X's with this new family man, Hawkeye. And what they've done is essentially ignored it. Yeah, it's it's pretty handy. We're just like, okay, we'll just write them out at the start. It's grand. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Piss off, kids. Yeah, piss off. It's Christmas, the most family-orientated time of the year. I, your father, a family man, noted yeah. for my character as a family man, has just yeah. told you to go do one because I want to run around yeah, on rooftops. <laughs> piss off, kids. I've got to do ninja stuff. <laughs> you should put that on a t-shirt. Piss off, kids. I've got to do ninja stuff. Uh, yeah, that'd so, be yeah. much more exciting. <laughs> So, anyway, as you said, Michael, it it seems to be very closely modelled on David Aja and Matt Fraction's famous uh, My Life is a Weapon run on Hawkeye, which is a kind of a character-defining comic. Which is funny because it's a character-defining comic so late, so long after Hawkeye was created. Because he was just a circus freak show, uh, sideshow archer for so many years. And My Life is a Weapon really redefined him. It it did. It, It gave him, it finally gave him... A likable personality? A bit of a point. I'm not a bit of a point. <laughs> Get it? Arrows, points. Arrow, yeah. Pointy Very good, arrow, Michael. yeah. Very He's good. Sticking in people. Benjamin. Yes. There are, there are many things here which are directly from My Life as a Weapon. For example, there's a car chase with funny arrows. Yep. There's a bloody pack of lads in tracksuits. There's the tracksuit mafia, Ben. I don't know if they'll call them that, but I hope they there do. they are. <laughs> I hope they do, Benjamin. I had a look at the cast, Benjamin. Yeah. Um, or actually, I, I tell a lie, Ben. I say I had a look at the cast, but Nayano from our Discord had a look at the cast. Oh, very good. And found out that there's not a single Russian actor, Ben. So that should be good. We should be in for a treat with regards to the accents. Oh, are we going to have a lot of David Harbours? <laughs> We're going to have a lot of very inconsistent accents. Okay. It's going to be great. We're going to have a lot of Ray Winstones. I'm looking forward to Ray Winstone. Do you know Do you know what, Michael? Right Here's here's a little what, twist what? for you. If Ray Winstone had been cast as a Russian in the, in the tracksuit mafia of Hawkeye... Yes. That would have made more sense because the Russians... In the Hawkeye comic, My Life is a Weapon, are based on Hawkeye's stereotypes. He, mm. he, one of the great things that Matt Fraction's run does with Hawkeye is it recognizes that Hawkeye doesn't speak Russian. <laughs> Hawkeye yes, doesn't, doesn't, doesn't speak, know how. Hawkeye doesn't speak many languages other than English, and so a lot of the time he's assuming what the Russians are saying because he doesn't understand them. So it's a lot of stereotyping, Michael, here and there. So it would have made more sense to have noted. Um, Stand in for misogyny, Ray Winstone. To, yeah, take that misogyny to play that. But uh, no, we're probably going to get something else. Benjamin, the biggest thing, of course, from Hawkeye: My Life as a Weapon is that it's all about the relationship with Kate Bishop. Yes, one one Kate Bishop, Michael. Yes, and she's she's there. She looks yeah, looks good. Looks all everything looks right. She, she looks like a Hawkeye. 
She looks like a Hawkeye. She looks like a Kate Bishop. She's speaking like a Kate Bishop. She's doing arrows and shit. She's got the costume. I'm I'm pretty confident. I think it's going to be fine. It's going to be Hawkeye. It's going to be good. It looks to have a few more comedic beats than we're used to from um, almost almost more comedy than action, at least based on the trailer. Well, I mean, it's going to have a lot of action, but you get what I mean. I, I saw the trailer, Benjamin, and I turned to either you or my good lady friend. I don't know who it was. <laughs> and I said... Either. There's a certain um, there's a certain what's his name vibe to this. There's a certain Shane Black vibe to this. There's a very Shane Black vibe to this. It looks like we're getting a buddy Shane Black Christmas themed action adventure, but this time it's an old guy and a lady. I'll not lie, Michael. I'm going to watch the fuck out of that. I think it's going to be good, Ben. I'm quite excited for it. I think the the potential weakness of it is Jeremy Renner. Is that he's not? Yeah, he's a bit. He's a bit of an odd fish as the Renster. Um, well, how dare you say that about noted Renaissance man Jeremy Renner, Michael? He has an app. He, he has an app, yeah. <laughs> he makes 1998-style softcore rock music in his yes, spare he does, time. Yeah. There's a lot of yeah. shots of him walking up the road in a long black trench coat. He's got he's got some weird shit going on, Ben. I think he's I think he might be a weird dude. I, th- I think he is a weird dude, but he keeps getting work, Michael. He's a hawk guy, Ben. They keep giving him work. I don't know what it is, Benjamin. For but for whatever reason, I have a bit of an attachment to Hawkeye, even though I don't like Jeremy Renner, and I don't think he's been the best character throughout the history of the MCU. He had the worst haircut that anyone has ever seen. He had very strange character arcs, but for some reason, I'm 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 excited about this. He's in there with um, Black Widow in just terms of of, of kind of passing the book along where it's just like oh we'll fix her in the next movie we'll fix her in the next movie we'll give hawkeye a personality in the next movie in the next movie yeah 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 and now his his family's his family is his personality he's got a family that's his personality have you ever known someone who had a family have you ever known someone who had a family whoa what a twist he's got a he's got a ranch and a homestead and it doesn't make any sense michael that man is out on the front lines of every significant conflict yeah but he has a family ben that's his personality benjamin yeah speaking of things not making sense what did you think of this week's episode of marvel's what if oh michael a miss in the in the hit and miss nature of this particular show i i did not enjoy it (laughs) As much as it loathes me to just flat out agree with you, I flat out agree with you. It's yeah. not going to do much for the dynamic of the podcast, Benjamin. No. But I thought it was, I thought it was easily the most boring and pointless one. And because it was boring and pointless and didn't throw up any new excitement, exciting developments, it made me nitpick a lot more than I usually do. Here's the thing, right? The other ones Go give on. us a, a glimpse into characters that we were very invested in michael characters that we we find interesting we get to explore you know small changes in the thing it's interesting to see an uh, an evil doctor strange that's that's kind of interesting it's kind of enjoyable to Mm -hmm. watch it's interesting to see you know what if what if hank pym was bloody mental yeah in in both cases and we've had a lot of time to invest in those characters and kind of get a sense of them um, and even Marvel Zombies has a certain charm to it because it's just like that'd be mad a zombie apocalypse in the MCU that'd be that's just interesting yeah, mad. this does nothing yeah it, it doesn't really go anywhere does it it just it, it just changes and then it jumps from one Killmonger's better than everybody's seen to another Killmonger's better than everybody's seen and at a certain point Michael you're just sitting there going eh <laughs> Yeah, I, I yeah, I didn't love it for for one thing. Yeah, because it was so kind of unoriginal and unexciting, it, it made me really nitpick it a lot more than I've nitpicked the other yeah. ones. For example, Ben, Go why on. does Kilmuckner look exactly the same in two thousand eight as he did in two thousand sixteen? Oh, because it's, it's the same, Michael. It's the same. It's the same. Doesn't make sense. Doesn't make any sense. Doesn't make any sense whatsoever. He doesn't age. Doesn't change his haircut. Doesn't do yeah. nothing. So Kilmonger, a man of about. 28, 29, was serving in he, Afghanistan yeah. in 2006. He couldn't... Uh, yeah, that was so that was a bit odd. So I don't know how old Michael B. Jordan is. He might be a little bit... Uh, let's let's give them the benefit of the doubt and say that Killmonger is 38. And therefore... Or let's give them the benefit of the doubt and say that Killmonger was 38 in uh, 2016. Right. So therefore he was 30 in 20, 2008. And yeah. it reasonably works. But why why did he come out 
why did he had no character development between 2008 and 2016? Zero. Why do we see the exact same character? Everyone else is different. They've changed somehow. But, like, it's essentially, they might have well started by saying, what if Killmonger had travelled back in time to 2008? Which possibly might have been more interesting. I don't know. And Benjamin, why did he have superpowers? He, th- this is a big one, Michael, isn't it? He He's not Black Panther yet. <laughs> For the majority, he's not of this Black episode. Panther yet. How is he chopping robots up? How is he? How is he picking up missiles and giving them a lob, Michael? The, the very first scene, the very like first that, scene. that's like a hundred kilo bomb, <laughs> and he one hand throws in. it. <laughs> What's going on? A warhead, and he's just like, nah. yeah. He doesn't, he doesn't throw it, you know, behind a rock or something. He doesn't throw it under no, no. the Humvee. No, no, yeah. He chucks it. It goes like yeah. a country. Because a country mile. Michael B. Jordan's about my size, Ben. You can't do that. You can't do that. It's not physically possible. You'll hurt your back. Also, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of weird conceits here, Michael. Tony Stark, smartest man on the planet, is just like, this guy's my best pal. I'm gonna give him everything. Uh, yeah, I actually didn't mind that to be honest. Oh, because, okay. you know, he basically just slid in where Obadiah Stane was. Because Obadiah mm. Stane You know, the the showdown scene where Tony finally figures it out was pretty similar. Yeah. It, it, it like in the in the original Iron Man, Tony Stark is waiting for Obadiah with a glass of whiskey when he comes in mm. and then Obadiah gets the better of him. But yeah, they just kill Tony Stark off in every episode now. It's quite what's, funny. What's that? Is it because they can't get Robert Downey Jr.? Is this another passive-aggressive, like, Kevin Feige moment where it's like, son of a bitch, won't come just back kill and him. do voiceovers? Just kill, kill him and everything. Kill him and everything. Get Mike Wingert in and just kill him and everything. And Mike Wingert is like, all right, well, look, I appreciate the work, guys. That's how he talks when he's not Tony Stark. <laughs> oh, thanks, guys. It's a lot like my impression of you from two weeks ago. Yeah. Oh, guys, look, listen, I really just appreciate the work. I don't mind being killed off in every episode. I mean, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> kill me yeah. all you like, Lance. Well, Benjamin, it looks like this is going to have a sequel, though, because in the trailer, there is a scene with Shuri and Pepper running into Wakanda with guns. So, there's only two episodes left. I if if they chose to make this one, Michael, the two parter. Shame on them! <laughs> so disappointing. Be so shame disappointing. on them. What if things were ever so slightly different? Like even. Okay, so here's here's the other few things, right? First of all, no ancestral revenge. There could have been a really interesting comeuppance for Killmonger when he travels to the ancestral plane after imbibing mm. the bloody heart. Herb shaped herb thing and can you imagine a nice little square off in in killmonger's mind bloody t'challa versus killmonger that'd have been good yeah benjamin i tell you what every, near, practically everything chadwick boseman says in these episodes is so prophetic this is yeah. he, like yeah. he's clearly new this it's it's like a an epitaph the whole thing is like a, a you googly it's um it's very upsetting. I don't it's, like it. It's very harrowing on occasion. You're like, oh, okay. We're, oh, okay. Uh, spoilers if you haven't watched it. But okay, we're just going to kill Black Panther. Okay. Again. Kill, again. And he's going to give a speech about, you know, finding justice on the ancestral plane and making the most of life. Okay, cool. Yeah. Oh, not Ooh. again, please. Not again. There's <laughs> only so much you can take, Michael, as a viewer of oh, the MCU. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Least favorite episode by far. I actually found it quite dull. First time I've ever looked at my watch during one of these. Oh, absolutely. I was just like, when is it done? It didn't go anywhere. It didn't introduce anything new. It didn't, didn't do anything interesting. Even the other kind of less good one, the the Sharon Carter one. Yeah. At least that gave us Sharon Carter as Captain America, and that was kind of cool. And it gave us the, the Hydra Smasher, yeah. aka Steve Rogers. Like, there were moments in that which were like, oh, that's a kind of cool idea. But there's nothing new in this other than vaguely anime robots. What I would have enjoyed, Michael, is seeing... Killmonger actually take on the mantle of Black Panther properly, like over a period of growth, where and see if it changes him and if he becomes a goodie. Yeah, if he becomes a good, like there's an interesting. What if Killmonger wasn't a prick? Yeah, like, or what if Killmonger got what he wanted and then became a hero? Yeah, what if he got it and then it was like, oh, maybe this isn't the way to move forward. Or if you're at least going mm. to have right, if you're going to get rid of Chadwick Boseman again, right, at least have him have some kind of impact. On Killmonger's character. 
moving forward. Yeah. Like, like maybe ch- he changes his mind in the ancestral plane or something like that. Like, yeah, anything. Anything, Michael, except for what if we just took the character from Black Panther and kept him exactly the same and made him do the plan again? Last week, I saw a film. As I recall, it was a horror film, Ben. And that yeah. film was that film was Malignant by James Wan. Oh, you're one. You're one. James Wan, the one and only James Wan, Benjamin, your favourite horror director and mine. Benjamin, this little review and discussion cannot avoid spoilers. Okay. So we'll do light spoilers first and then the main spoilers. Okay, we'll go with some light spoilers. So the light spoilers, Ben, are that there is a twist. Oh, okay. You Okay. Oh, do you know what? Oh, you deserve a slap. You're one of those <laughs> people. Oh. What? Go on. There's, there's go on. nothing worse than someone who says, "I won't spoil it right, but there's a twist." Because then yeah. all you do when you go to the film is you exactly, sit there and go, ben. "Where's the twist?" Exactly. Where's the exactly. And I don't know if my biggest criticism of this film is I figured the twist out within 15 minutes. And (laughs) I don't know if I knew that because I'd seen like an ad that said one of the most shocking twists in modern cinema. And I went, oh, no. (laughs) Dicks. Absolute Absolute dicks. dicks. So I've ruined it for everyone now anyway. But in it, Ben, I've forgotten the actress's name. How very unprofessional of me. In it, Ben, there's an actress. You might remember her from... Being Tom Cruise's refusal to be a love interest to Tom Cruise in The Mummy. English actress, Annabelle Wallace, is that her name? Uh, Could be. (laughs) And she plays a character, Ben. And it is, I was right. (laughs) Hey, I got it. Good man. Uh, And Annabelle Wallace, Ben, she plays a character and she's in abusive relationships and she's having miscarriages left, right and centre. And it's very horrible and unpleasant. Oh, wow. And... Yeah, yeah, no good. You don't, you don't want to, you don't want to have it. But then one night, Ben, mysteriously, some sort of malignant entity breaks into her house, and uh, and kills her abusive husband, Ooh. and attacks her, and the police investigate Ben, and then over the course of the next hour, it is revealed that she has these visions. Where in upon Ben, she sees this malignant entity called Malignant. It's actually called, uh, I, can't, I, I won't say what it's called. The, the, she sees this malignant entity, Ben. She has visions of it killing people. Okay. So she contacts the police and, and tries to get their help to help save the people who are being attacked by the malignant entity. Very good. Yeah, and it's classic James Wan, top to bottom, Ben. There's, uh, there's attractive people. There's yeah, yeah. horrible, spooky ghost creatures. There's a, there's a, there's a, a lady cop and a man cop who are teaming up to do an investigation. There's a slightly comedy sidekick to the cops. No. It's uh, James Wan top to bottom, Ben. James it, it's Wan not, top to bottom. It's not particularly scary. It's not a horror film, I wouldn't say. Oh, it's, the poster it, is very deceptive. Then. Yeah, I was expecting an insidious I was expecting okay. uh, super, super, super normal activities. I was expecting mm. uh, uh, sinister, but it's not. It's not about supernatural forces, really. It's about a creature. It's more of a creature feature. Okay. Uh, and the kind of the spookiness is that she can see what's happening with the with the creature. Do you want to guess what the twist is, Ben? She's manifesting the creature. Very good, Benjamin. You've got the twist. Very good. Yeah, so, you know, let's go. Right, we're going into the main spoilers now. This this is the real spoilers. So, Benjamin. Yeah. The twist, of course, is that we find out early in the film that she was adopted at a young age. Uh, And she she can't remember her childhood before that, Ben. The memories have been repressed. Oh, no. And the memories of this creature are slowly revealed, Ben. And the creature is, it turns out the creature is called Gabriel, Ben. And Gabriel is her imaginary friend from when she was a child. And now Gabriel is manifesting and killing people. But that's only the first twist, Ben. Oh, there's double twists. There's a double twist, Ben. And this is where I was extra disappointed because I figured out the double twist, not just the first twist. The double twist is, Ben, Gabriel isn't her imaginary friend. Gabriel's her twin who she absorbed in utero and who lived on her back 
And he what? he was on the he was on the back of her head, Ben. He was on the back of her head like that guy in Harry Potter. What's that guy's name? Quirrell, P- Professor Quirrell in Voldemort. So Gabriel is on the back of her head, like um, like <laughs> like Voldemort on Professor Quirrell in Harry Potter, Ben. And when she was young, Ben, the the doctors surgically removed Gabriel. Right. But they couldn't get all of them. <laughs> this is mad. <laughs> they couldn't get all of them, Ben. So they had to crack open her skull and push the bits of Gabriel that they couldn't remove just into the back of her head. What? <laughs> yeah. And then, Ben, <laughs> this is the best bit. And then when her husband was abusing her, he banged her head off the wall and that cracked her head open a little bit. And now Gabriel can come back out. So, Ben, Gabriel is just her facing backwards with a horror face coming out of the back of her head. And it's one of the maddest things I've ever seen in the cinema. So this is a play on like a, mal- a malignant tumour then? Exactly, it's, it's, yeah. Oh. So Gabriel is a malignant tumour, but... What the he's, fuck? He's on the back of her head, Ben. <laughs> he's on the back of her head. It's her running around backwards. <laughs> Get out of Yeah, so she's running around backwards with this horror face on her head to killing people. Oh, it's so funny. It's one of the funniest things I've ever seen. But That's bizarre. James Wan knows it's not scary. He knows it's it, he knows it's icky gross. Gross okay. and horrible. Gross and horrible, but also slightly humorous. So it it it, it knows it has its tongue at its cheek. It's not mm. I mean, it's it's played straight. It's not played for laughs. It's played dead straight. But you know that James Wan knows that it's funny. Huh. But it's absolutely. It's well. It's actually not that bad. I was, I was thoroughly engrossed the whole time. Despite, I was a lot of the time was spent just going. Yeah, I know it's Gabriel. He's on the back of her head. Just show us, please, because I know I can see. You can see the monster is a woman running backwards a lot of the time. It's so oh, okay. funny. It's so that's, funny. that's not so. <laughs> not so a, lot, a lot of the times you see the monster in like not necessarily daylight, but well lit scenes. That's and it's, oh, it's very it's very funny, Ben. Michael, come here to me. Yeah. Do, do you think the adoption market takes a hit whenever these films come out? And the moral of the story is basically, oh, you don't want to adopt. Adopting yeah, kids are weird. Especially if the kid doesn't have any memories of what happened before. It, it's, it's a big, it's a big market in horror where it's like, mm. if you foster a kid, if you adopt a kid, you don't know what you're going to get because it could be yeah, a little you demon might get, boy. You might get a demon boy. You might get a 30 year old woman. <laughs> you might get a, the, the ghost of a mother haunting their child. Yes. You might get someone who has an, an evil twin on the back of their head and runs around awful. backwards breaking everyone's legs. It could be anything. But like, surely adoption agencies must just go, oh, oh not again. <laughs> not again. <laughs> Well, we'll always have Angelina Jolie and Madonna. <laughs> just see They'll keep us in business. More. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, Angelina, could you take a few more? And he's like, oh, yes, of course I could, yeah. No bother. Uh, go on. Uh, you will. Uh, come on, fair play, you no will. bother. You'll, you'll, take a few, you'll take a few orphans for the road. Go on, you will. Ah, I will, yeah, you yeah, will. no bother at all. Fair play to you. <laughs> Jesus. That's my impression of Angelina Jolie. I've Spot obviously on. never heard her speak. Yeah. Anyway, Benjamin. Yeah. If that film taught me anything, it's that if someone has repressed memories, it's almost certainly some sort of evil. Yeah, it's no good. Repressed memories are no good, Michael. So much so that uh, yourself and I, Michael, we we, we <clears throat> decided to uh, take a look at a very important topic this week, and that's memory lane. So we're going to be taking oh. a look at bloody sci-fi and memory and the, the wicked web it often weaves, Michael. Mm. What is uh, real and what is not real? You and I have been... I've been consuming memory narratives this week, Michael, um, mm. in the hopes that we find some way of forgetting our earliest episodes of this podcast, which are just horrific, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Never go back and listen. Very bad. Never the audio, Ben. Listen. The audio. The, the, the audio. Oh, oh. So having said that, now we've now jinxed this episode, Michael, and it sounds like somebody's speaking inside a Rice Krispie bag on yeah, one of our ends. Prob- um, probably one of yeah. our worst ones. What we decided, Michael, was we take a look at this because, Michael, there's a new film out with one huge jacked man. I've heard of him. Yeah, Wolverine. Yeah, Wolverine. Huge jacked man. And he's in it and he's, it's, a, it's a film called Reminiscence, Michael. Mm. Reminiscence. And it's about a memory expert. Okay. 
and the memory expert Michael. It's set in the not too distant future, which is, seems ben- to be a common theme for memory films. Benjamin, have you seen this film? Yes, I have seen this film. When did you see this film? I saw this film this very weekend, Michael. In the cinema? No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Enough said. No. <laughs> All right. But somehow um, perfectly legally. It's out on streaming, Michael. You can't you can find it? it in the streamables. Yes. Oh, very good. Okay. But no. Which streaming is it on? Uh, one of them. Oh, very good. <laughs> it's on one okay. of them. You, it's ben, on you should have said them. I can't remember. Uh, I think it's on HBO Max, I think. Okay. Very good. So I got a flight over there. I did my lateral flow test. Got a yeah. flight over. Um, yeah, that's no good, Ben. You have to get a PCR test. Uh, that's what I said. I got a PCR test. And I very flew good. over. <laughs> and I mm-hmm. Anyway, Michael. <clears throat> I went and had a look at this. And it's a neo-noir, Michael, set in a not-too-distant future Los Angeles, or Miami, sorry, oh. a future Miami. And, Michael, the, the fun thing about the setting, if fun can be applied to it, is that it's it's a world where the waters have risen across the globe. Oh, um, a.k.a. the actual future. Uh, a.k.a. the actual future. So it's not too distant. I think it's about 30 years in the future, Michael. And one of the things that we see is that this man runs a, a memory service to allow people to access the nostalgia in their in their brain because the world is a bit shite. The logic oh, behind yeah. this, <laughs> the logic behind this business is there's not a lot of good things in the world anymore, so it's easier to go back to find some. Right. So that's his logic, Michael. Who um, is this? It's Huge Jack Man. Oh, Hugh Jackman runs the memory clinic. Hugh Jack Huge Jackman is the uh, the memory clinic guy, and he runs oh, okay. it with one Tandy Newton. Oh, I've heard of her. Tandy Newton, May in this is her name. She was in uh, uh, the Chronicles of Riddick and the West World. Yeah, we see these two, and they very often, Michael, um, have different clients in. We get to see some war veterans who've seen better days. We get to see some. Uh, we get to see some people who've lost dogs or loved ones or things like this and they go back in their memories and they have a look Michael and it's done in okay. a, a, a perfect little MacGuffin sense Michael there's a there's a big kind of tank okay. where the person goes in and they yeah. stick their little web head device on Not to classic, access yeah. the, the synapses or the neurons or some such guff. whatever yeah whatever you need to access yeah, some such mindy windy stuff and then Hugh Jackman stands in front of a, a kind of a projection thing and he can right. kind of walk through the memory with them and guide them oh, through. Oh, very good. And essentially, Hugh Jackman's role in this is that he has a very calming voice, Michael. <laughs> and uh, he gets to walk people through their memories, quite literally walks them down memory lane. But Michael. Uh-oh, is there a twist? It's bloody addictive to go into your memories, Michael. And if you're not oh, careful. No. yeah, Not careful. You'll get stuck. So, Michael, what happens is... Naturally, one day he meets a beautiful client played by Rebecca Ferguson, Michael, and she's the femme fatale of this whole piece. She was from Iron Man 3, Ben. She was from Iron Man 3, Michael, and Peaky Blinders and other things. Noted Irish actress, mm. Rebecca Ferguson. Is she Irish? She's half Irish, apparently. Is she? Yeah. Um, so, anyway, Michael. Go on. She comes in and uh, she she charms him. And then one day, Michael, he falls completely head over heels in love with her over the course of time. And one day, Michael, she disappears without so much as a trace. Classic setup. Disappears What's going to so happen? Trace. And Michael, what does Hugh Jackman do? He only spends all of his time in his memories, Michael, trying to find where she is. And it leads him on a big bloody conspiracy right down the well involving the city's biggest politicians and some bloody murders and some bloody disappearances. And it's just a big noir, Michael, set in the future with a memory tank. Rebecca Ferguson wasn't in Iron Man 3. That was Michelle Moynihan, wasn't it? Ah, damn it, Michael. Or was it? I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) I'm not going to lie to you. I don't know. Um, Don't know. I don't know at all. But anyway, so it's a big neo-noir adventure. Now, we'll do a few spoilers here, Michael. Go on. We'll do a few spoilers here. So spoilers, listen away now if you want to go and have a reminiscence. Um, Very good. If you want to go some of that, don't listen to this. But what happens is, Michael... It turns out that this lady was not who she seemed. She was a big old con woman, Michael. And poor L. Hugh Jackman was being taken for a bit of a spin. So it's a classic noir story. We have our gumshoe, who in this case is played by Hugh Jackman. He's been, he's taken for a bit of a spin. He's made a rube by the femme fatale. Ah, and he gets himself classic. involved in some real mucky business. Um, it's not a terrible film. Very good. That sounds exciting then. 
not a terrible film could be a lot better could oh. be a lot better and the the memory tank has a serious flaw in it in that it's like walking through a movie scene where right. you can see everybody and what they do and that doesn't really make sense he tries to explain that away at the start of the film where he's like oh well your senses pick up lots of things and you actually build a picture in your mind and when you actually think of a memory you don't think of the memory from your point of view you see yourself in the memory so that's why i can see the room that you are in or i can see you within the memory and you're there going mm. hang, hang on hang on that then that is actually one of the one of the strongest arguments about the film's total recall, which we might get to in a while. Which we might but get to in a while. We might get to those in a while, Bell, if we remember. But it's one of the strongest arguments that what's happening is real rather than fake because we see things that Arnold or Colin Farrell couldn't possibly have seen. Yeah, so you're there going, hang hang on. Hang on a minute. Hang, hang on a minute. On. Benjamin. Yeah. My mind is playing tricks on me. It was neither Michelle Moynihan nor... Rebecca Ferguson. It was Rebecca Hall in Iron Man 3. Oh, well, there you go. One of the Rebecca's got you. One of the Rebecca's. They're always tricking me. Uh, the Tribeca. Um, <laughs> no, but only one, only two of them were called Rebecca. So close, though, Ben. So close. It would have been a great joke if I had been, if I had been right. Um, yeah. <clears throat> so, I, as I was watching this, Michael, I was sitting there going, I've, I've seen this before. Mm. I've I've seen a down on his look man peddling memories and nostalgia to people who is aided by his ex-military badass ethnically ambiguous partner who might be in love with him. I've I've seen this before and the woman that he's obsessed with isn't great. And Michael, they've gone and remade the film Strange Days by Catherine Bigelow and James Cameron. I've never heard of it. What's that? Michael, in 1995, James Cameron was on a bit of a sci-fi roll. He was in the ocean, probably. He was in the ocean, probably, in a submarine. Yeah. At the bottom of the ocean, going, oh, oh. Should probably write another film. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So he was down there in his underwater desk room, Mm -hmm. also known as a study. Yeah, or office. Desk room is fine, though. This was this was pre two thousand, so I think the Y two K bug might have made its way to to one James Cameron, and he said, "Oh Jesus, Y two K is going to change everything. It's going to change everything, man." Um, it's not like James Cameron to aim for an apocalypse, but there you go, <laughs> there you go. He's you know always trying unique new things that he hasn't tried before. So anyway, he's writing another apocalypse narrative, Michael. Yeah, but this one again is in the not so distant future. So the film was written in the film was released in nineteen ninety five. And it's set in 1999, a couple of days before year. New Year's. Yeah, the, the the best year, Michael. And what it's about, what it centers on is one Rafe finds Michael. Mm. Yeah, one What's Rafe finds is a cop right. who's down on his luck. Yeah, <laughs> and he makes his living selling other people's memories to people using what's called squid technology. So squid technology mm. is a little mesh that you put in your head, Michael. Oh, I've seen that before. You and it sits on your head. And using that, you can you can plug in your memory. It's like a little mini disc. And it goes in. And your memory goes in. Then you can experience the memory. So what you get is a lot of acting of people going, oh, oh. oh and I'm kind of waving their fingers in their hair. Benjamin, you look like you're having a memory of touching some very large bosoms, I have to say. <laughs> anyway, that's pretty it might much be your 90% limited range, of the ben. film. That's 90% of the film. So Ray Fiennes kind of sets himself up as a grandiose kind of peddler of memory. And, you know, I can give Mm. you anything you want. Most people just want tits, apparently. Um, Mm. And it's a lot of smut. Um, Mm. So that's that's pretty much the film. But anyway, it turns out, Michael, that he's not so competent. He's a bit of a he's a bit of a galumf and occasionally has to be rescued by his ethnically ambiguous pal, Angela Bassett. Oh, Angela Bassett, she was in Black Panther. Who may or may not need, who may or may not uh, be in love with him. Oh, very good. So, Strange Days is a bizarre film, Michael, because it's directed by uh, Oscar award winning Catherine Bigelow back when she was married to James Cameron and then they divorced Mm. later on, Michael. So this is a kind of baby between them. It was a huge flop, Michael. And I hazard a guess it was something to do with the two hours and 25 minutes of my life that I had to give to it to watch the damn film. So long. I think I've seen it, Ben. You probably I do think have. I've seen it. I think I, I think I have seen it. Benjamin. Yeah. Is reminiscence about the current pop culture and, you know, just zeitgeist obsession with nostalgia? I mean, I think it's definitely a commentary on that. I think the idea of people getting lost 
in memory is is definitely you know it, it's a lack of staying in the present the moral of the film is not great though in reminiscence because in the end and this is huge spoilers for the film reminiscence huge jackman in the end michael he, he the the lady con artist played by rebecca mm. ferguson she dies Oh, no. Um, and Hugh Jackman uncovers the whole conspiracy and then decides to stay in his tank and oh. um, live in the memory that he had with her. It's to stay in the comforting memory, Ben. That's exactly what nostalgia is. But there's a little epilogue, Michael, where it shows us Tandy Newton, who is still tending to his tank. About oh, 60 no. years later, so we get a supernatural style moment where we see Hugh Jackman aged up a bit, still oh, in no. the tank. Oh, no use. Very bad. <laughs> and it's awful. But yeah, it could definitely be the moral. I think, you know, I think this Strange Days film, Michael, has been cannibalized by a lot of other things. Because a lot of the things that we see in that would go on to shape a lot of sci-fi that would come after. So, Ray Fiennes does a pretty decent job of playing like a mopey, schlubby detective kind of guy. Mm-hmm. And the the main crux of the book, Julianne, uh, what's her name? Julianne Moore? It's not Julianne Moore. It's the Julianne Moore. I think you're thinking of Natural Born Killers. Oh yeah, um, don't know. <laughs> Escapes me. Anyway, huge '90s actress whose who's yeah, name yeah, I cannot yeah. remember now. Juliette Lewis. There we go. Juliette Lewis. Juliette Lewis is in it, and she's the she's the woman who got away for Ray Fine's character. Oh right. And it's it's a real seedy 1990s world in LA. And it's like, oh man, it's so crazy. Vinny D'Onofrio's in it as a crooked cop. Oh, Vinny D. Vinny Great. D is in it as a crooked cop. And the, the central idea behind it is, Michael, the world's on is teetering on the brink of collapse. Mm. Um, socioeconomic um, disparity is at an all-time high. Um, you know, the elite are living up in their ivory towers. The world economy has collapsed. It's pretty much 2021, um, but just, you know, 20 years earlier. That's that's pretty much where we are in this film. Where, very you know, good. racial tensions are very high, uh, so on and so forth. And then a noted black rapper and kind of activist called Jericho One is murdered in the streets, Michael. Right. And what kicks off this whole thing, Michael, is that a young lady of the night who was with Jericho One witnessed this event she was filming the entire thing through her memory rig so you can wear a different memory rig that allows you to record whatever you're seeing so this is how they make these memories and distribute Mm. them and she was trying to record them for a bit of blackmail right and she witnesses two police officers execute him in cold blood and this (gasps) is seen as the the match that will light the the kind of powder keg that is la at this time right and it, <laughs> that that is just the narrative about LA, isn't it? LA, just, you've really you've really done yourself a bit of reputational damage, LA. Yeah, no, it's never done very well. It's it's always has a hard L time. LA is the end times in every film. It's really yeah. weird. The so end anyway, times we, is we, brought on by LA being shit. We see that film, Michael. It's far too long. It's actually enjoyable in places. It's not that bad. It's bizarre that it's flopped as much as it has. Sometimes, Ben, high concept science fiction needs a more popular version to to make people go, "Oh, that's what it meant." Yeah, but it's 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 bizarre <laughs> that it's Benjamin. such a big, huge film. Go on. I made a gross error. Okay. And you told me, "God damn it, Mick, watch Total Recall," because off air, our reputation is our our uh, what's our relationship is very different. People think on air we're quite friendly and charming, but we actually hate each other. You're very demanding. You're you're one of the worst. So you just rang me and you said, God damn it. God damn it, Leonard. Watch Total Recall. And then you threw my badge at me. I have a badge, a special podcasting badge. And I said, okay, I'll watch Total Recall, Ben. Just please don't break me fingers anymore. Yeah, and I went and right. I accidentally, yeah. So under so much stress was I placed, Ben, that I forgot to watch the good Total Recall. And I accidentally watched the bad Total Recall. Oh, you plank. <laughs> oh, what an absolute gobshite. Oh. So, Benjamin, I oh, watched... Oh, my uh, God, I'm going to have your podcasting badge for this. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. And in your badge and your mic. <laughs> Benjamin. Yeah. So I accidentally watched 2012 or 2014s. I don't remember. Total Recall 2077 with one Colin Farrell. <laughs> with the Farreller. Kate Beck. With the Farreller. The Farreller is in it. Your favourite actor and mine, the Farreller. Kate Beckinsale, Kate Beckinsale and Jessica Biel. And I'll tell you what, Ben. It's no good. It's because 
It's set in the year 2077, Ben, and the world has gone... It's a kind of a shit world, and everything's polluted and horrible. And, you know, it's a, it's your classic I wish I was in Blade Runner um, aesthetic. Mm-hmm. And the, there's the elites, Ben, and the, they live in their ivory towers, but everyone else is down in the muck and the <laughs> grossness. Wait, I've, I and, have a vague memory of this happening before, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> and the Farrell Ben... The Farrell, he plays an average down on your look, incredibly handsome schlub. And he's oh, yeah. poor. And he's, oh, yeah. yeah, one of those. One of those incredibly handsome down on your look schlubs. And he's uh, he's live, he's in a dead-end job in a dead-end house. He's married to Kate Beckinsale inexplicably. Oh, and she seems a, fine with a, all of what this. What a terrible way to go. <laughs> yeah, and it's terrible. He has a terrible life. So, Benjamin, he dreams <laughs> of, um, he dreams, many dreams, that he's a resistance fighter. And he's okay. helping the colony, Ben. It's not Mars; it's Australia. And he's helping the colony <laughs> fight against um, fight against the evil oppression of Great Britain. And oh yeah, no good. He keeps having this dream, Ben, about Jessica Biel. So he decides, I'm going to go. I'm going to go, and I'm going to get out of my boring life, and I'm going to go to Recall because you can go to Recall, Ben. And in Recall, they'll give you memories. Oh yeah, that's nice. And they'll. They'll give you any sort of memory you want. So you could have a holiday, you could have an adventure, you could be a spy, you could be anything you want. But then... Yeah, that'd be nice. The most important thing is you can't... You can't have made-up fake memories implanted that match real memories. I can't be doing that. So, Ben, if you're having an affair, if you're cheating on your wife, you can't go and have a recall experience of having a secret mistress because the the real and the imaginary will mix it up and and confuse everything. Yeah, so you can't you can't do that, Ben. And moments before they implant his spy story into his mind, he just they discover he already has memories of being a spy. Dun dun dun. And then that's pretty much it as far as the memories go. Unfortunately, it um. It, it then after that it's it's not a horrible it, well I mean let's put it this way Ben I forgot to stay awake until the end of it Michael you've you've failed horribly in your pursuit of podcasting <laughs> this week <laughs> I fell asleep but I woke up and watched the end of it again even oh, though I was good. bored well then yeah. you recommitted yourself I recommitted I got back on track and yeah unfortunately it it kind of almost entirely drops the the kind of the most exciting part of the original Total Recall, mm-hmm. which is the okay, the first time you watch the original Total Recall with Arnold Schwarzenegger and Sharon Stone, Ben. Yes, the first time you watch it, it's just a, an action film on Mars. Great stuff. But then it's really a fascinating, fascinating story about is this really happening, or is this what he asked for? We just don't because know. you just don't know. And 25, 35, whatever it is years later, we still just don't know if um, if Arnold Schwarzenegger's story was real or if it was the adventure that he paid for. Personally, I suspect it was the adventure that he paid for, that the whole thing is in his head. Got him. But the, the new modern one with the Farrelert seems pretty clear that it is actually happening. And... You could at a stretch say that it isn't, but it doesn't... The The problem with it is it doesn't really matter. You it don't really care. It joy out of it, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. And there's not a lot of joy in the film. One of the, one of the best scenes in the original Total Recall was Arnold coming back to his wife, Sharon Stone. Yes. And being attacked by her. And then it's this shocking twist that his wife was, you know, his... Was his special CIA operative watcher. Yeah, handler. And she, she, handler, that's the word. And she tries to kill him and he wins. He beats her up and escapes. And oh, classic Arnold. Classic Arnie. He gives her a big punch uh, <laughs> when he's already beaten her. Then he gives her a big punch right in the head. Like enough to kill her woman of her size. That's, that's, that's neither one of my here nor favorite there. things about any Arnold Schwarzenegger film. You know, is when He'll people punch get a back woman. up after he punches them. And yeah. it's just like, you're not getting up if that man hits you. Ah, you probably would, Ben. He's not that big in real life. He he's said, only... shut up. He's only about six foot tall, Arnold Schwarzenegger. He's fucking huge, Michael. He isn't. The, the man's made of Austrian steel and grit. <laughs> You're just he's he's a big lad. He's a big lad. And look, Sharon Stone's not going to beat him in a fight, that's for sure. But <laughs> Sharon Stone only appears one more time then in it. 
and right. she appears back as the loving wife. Okay. And it's all confusing and memory wipey and windy, yeah. windy, windy, windy. But in the Colin Farrell one, Kate Beckinsale is like a Terminator. Once she Ooh. gets, once she gets activated, she just pursues him relentlessly for the entire film to the point where the whole is she his wife? Is this really happening? It, it doesn't really matter. Yeah, because she's just the a Terminator. <laughs> Yeah, because she's the Terminator. She's like a sexy English Terminator lady. It, it is directed by Len Wiseman, Ben. You won't be surprised to hear. I'm not shocked. No, very, very obviously. They've massively increased the role of the wife and given it to his wife. Um, it's a fine film. It's a decent action film, but it misses the whole is this memories or is this real yeah. thing that makes the original so fascinating. Yeah, because that's like the the central thing that we enjoy about that. My, I always think it's a wonderful tool for building, you know, unreliable narrators as well. So we can kind of have the the big reveal of like, oh no, it is it, what, what is this? Um, it's wrong all along. Blade Runner twenty forty nine did that magnificently, Michael. Um, Go on. We have poor LK, poor LK Ben, as I like to call him. Yes, because I once dressed up as him. Um, yes. So we've poor LK, Michael, and K is a a replicant mm. in the employ of the or yet again it? the LAPD. They're no use, those lads. <laughs> LA, look, lads, just I I found the secret to avoiding the apocalypse. Don't live in LA. Don't go near it. it, and try to avoid being working class. Do those two mm. things, be granted. You'd be granted, yeah. You'd be granted. Um, but anyway, poor LK is kind of he's he's a half replicant, Michael. He's he's a he's a bit of a boat. He's a hybrid fella. He's a newer model, and they've got all kinds of biological stuff in them. And right, this right, and right, that. right. He's right. a stronger one. He heals quicker. All this kind of stuff, and he hunts down other replicants, and that makes him no good, no mm. good. But Michael, he's struggling with some memories. Mm. He seems whose memories have, are they? I mean, this is the thing, Michael. They seem to be his own. He seems right. to be struggling, Michael, with the notion. With the notion that he had a childhood. But replicants can't have childhoods, Michael. No. Because they're the whole, robots. The whole conceit of re- of the, the film is that bloody Jared Leto, boo, 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 <laughs> is trying to make perfect there, replicants. I don't want him, don't want him he, in my films. You don't want to get rid of him. And he can't seem to get it right. He keeps making bad replicants. Or not bad replicants, but not human enough replicants. And it's only ever happened the once, Michael. And the central conspiracy of it is that Harrison Ford and the character of Rachel might have had a baby. (laughs) The actor Harrison Ford and the character Rachel. Very good, okay. But they're both replicants, Michael. So that would mean... What? What do you mean? What do you mean they had a baby? They can't do that because they're robots. But Mm. anyway... It turns out that the Tyrell Corp, the original corporation, may have cracked the code and may have pulled that off. So, Kay is then kind of deludes himself into believing that he might be that baby. Mm. Because he has memories of being a child. And how can he have memories of being a child, Michael? He's a replicant. He's a robot. Yeah, he's a robot. Ben, he's the classic chosen one narrative. It is. It's the classic chosen one narrative, Michael. But then, of course, it's inverted because we find out, Michael, that many replicants are given implanted, implanted memories. For mm. better service, because it, it mimics human nature a lot more. If you have a couple of nice memories to draw upon, or a couple of driving memories, or a couple of formative memories to give you the push. And it turns out, Michael, that yes, yes. Harrison Ford did have a, a, a baby with Rachel, but she got, she got taken in and made into a memory maker. Someone who designs and builds memories for replicants. Mm. And it's this kind of fascinating world, and we we get the little changes. The best memories are the ones that have a little bit of the maker in them. So the maker uses their own memories to build on and create new, exciting memories for people to enjoy. And it seems to be a little bit of an entertainment industry in LA as well, where you can jack into other people's memories yet again, Michael, and kind of enjoy those. But it's it's an interesting look at it. It's 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 a really deep dive into the fallibility of memory and where we pick things up and you know what we've done. And it makes for a really interesting narrative, Michael. I thought. And it, Benjamin. Yes. If you could uh, experience someone's memories, whose memories would you experience? Oh, it's a great question, Michael. Yeah, probably the actor Harrison Ford. Probably the actor Harrison Ford. I was just about to say that, Michael. Well done. <laughs> just to see how much he really hated being on Star Wars. <laughs> Quite a bit, I'd imagine. 
Um, and then I'd like to see it. Then I'd like to go to the memory of him opening the paycheck and forgetting all that hatred. Um, you know, um, <laughs> hold oh, on, damn this while film I for making me the the biggest actor ever. <laughs> God, God uh, damn it! Look at the size of this paycheck, though. I don't uh, have to do any more sexy carpentry. Jesus Christ! <laughs> um, so yeah, like it, it's pretty interesting. But the one that stuck out to me, Michael, and I had nearly forgotten it up until I was researching for this episode. The most harrowing use of sci-fi that I have seen or sorry of memory in sci-fi that I have seen is from Black Mirror season 1 Black Mirror season 1 Ben Black Mirror season 1 where that man the, one? Where, go, go the ahead. man had relations with a pig yes that that was very harrowing Michael um, mm. but not actually the moment I'm referring to um, the episode I'm referring to Michael is do you remember the one where you could uh, record everything through your eyeballs and then play it back with a little remote in your hand was Donald Gleeson in that? Donald Gleeson wasn't in that one. Donald Gleeson was a different kind of one where you could load someone else's memories into a robot in case they died and you could have a surrogate. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. Very yeah, harrowing yeah. also. Not fun. Very upsetting, yeah. Um, and repeated then in um, that clone, make a clone of yourself one from the TV show Duets or whatever it was called. I can't remember Solos. what it was called. But yes, you're yeah. not wrong. Um, so it, what actually happened there, Michael, in, in that episode is we're introduced to a character played by... Toby to- Kibble? Toby Kibble. Yeah, thank you. Very good. Excellent work there. Is it that episode? That episode, Michael. And what humans could do at this stage and what's become a very standard use of the technology is they can record everything through their eyeballs. So if there's, say, a crime, Michael... If there's, say, a crime, it, you have, like, a minority report-style um, investigation where the police are allowed to access your memory or your, your vision from the last 24 hours. So you can scroll through your memory for the last 24 hours. Right. And you can have a bloody look and see what's happened. Oh, that's a bit of an invasion of privacy, Ben, considering they can't even get into our phones yet. Well, they're on the way to doing that, Michael. Don't worry, dystopia is coming. Ray Fiennes will be selling memories in no time. Great, grand, fantastic. Benjamin, yeah. do we all have to marry Kate Beckinsale and then be chased by her for 95 minutes? Just you, buddy. Just you. Oh, okay. That's you. Imagine that would be terrifying. <laughs> I find that absolutely terrifying. Um, but yeah, the really harrowing thing about that, Michael, is you can spend as much time as you want in your memory. Right. And when someone is scrolling through their memory, their eyes kind of glaze over and turn into little TV screens. They flash back mm. and have a look at things like that. But one of the things that's happened here, Michael, is that um, this poor man is going through a divorce. Um, and what he's doing, in a rather creepy, nasty way, um, is he's mm. just replaying all the, the different moments with his wife. Um, particularly, Michael, the more lurid consummation of the relationship style moments. Oh, classic. Um, so it's all a bit perverted, Michael. Is it? And, yeah, and then he's finding out... No, hold um, on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Is it? Yeah, he's, he's, he's a bit of a perv. That's, that's the Why? whole thing. He's a bit of a creep because he can't let go. But and it's his memories. Replaying. I know, but that's the interesting thing. So she's filing to have those memories taken away, Michael, if I remember correctly. What? You can, yeah, so that's the what interesting thing. What sort of dystopia thing. is this? You can you can file to have those memories taken away if they're um you know if you consider but anyway he's driven to madness Michael and the the crux of a TV show that came out ten years ago twelve years ago now mm, maybe is that he seems to have murdered her Michael and he's looking for a way to scrub his memory so the police oh. can't find him oh um so it's that a pretty interesting use of it uh, say again. That puts a new twist on it. It does. But the moral of the story is, Michael, um, as with all of these reminiscence, strange days, um, bloody Toby Kibble and his wife, <laughs> is you best not spend too much time in memory now because memories yeah, are meant to fade. Mm. Mm. Um, that I think line, they're all reflections. <laughs> that line is directly lifted from strange days and reminiscence. It's the exact same line and it's delivered by the exact same character. So the, the ethnically ambiguous character in Strange Days is called May. Mm. <laughs> and the ethnically ambiguous female side character in Strange Days is called Macy. And they both deliver the same line, which is, do you not think memories are meant to fade? And they deliver God it to the protagonist. It, <laughs> and I was like, no. I was like, somebody is taking the absolute piss here. And it's just lived mm. in this film. Um, Funnily enough, Ben, we've only scratched the surface of memory-based science fiction now that we've gotten into it. Yeah, we have. There's loads. We haven't touched, Ben, Memento. Ah, classic. Or Inception. 
Inception has a lot of that going on as well, Michael. Yeah, yeah. Or Minority anything. Report, what I mentioned earlier. Is Minority Report about memories? Isn't that about the future? People get trapped in their own memories, Michael. That's in how they imprison report. them. Do they? They do. They get stuck in the little tank, trapped in their own mind. Yeah, the the classic Star Trek episode, Shades of Grey, with where we, we go into Commander Riker's memories as a, as a way to just do a clip show. Oh yeah, Commander Riker. <laughs> we should do an episode on clip shows, Ben. The oh, best yeah, the, and worst the... clip shows. Ah, oh, they're awful. I hate them. Um, well, let's uh, save it up. Save it up. Save up that spite. We'll save up that spite. And we'll uh, we'll we'll unload it on a future episode, Michael. Uh, anyway, I suppose that's really it, Michael. That's probably enough. Yeah, that's we're probably, probably enough uh, for this week. wearing out our memories. That's a terrible. That was couldn't, awful. Couldn't think we should probably go say. make couldn't some new memories together, Michael. That's what we should be doing. Much better. Much, Much better. better. Much better. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, what are your favourite kind of memory moments in sci-fi? You can get in touch with us in a bunch of different ways and let us bloody know. You'll find us on the interwebs, www.shomrapyog.com. That was one too many Ws. S-E-O-M-R-A-B-E-A-G.com. Yeah, I mean, it's tiny room in Irish. I don't think it was. I think you said three Ws. Oh, that's good news, isn't it? Uh, you can find us on the bloody Instagram at Your Luxury Listen Podcast. I mean, it sure looks you listen in English. You can find us on Twitter at Listenshire. Yeah, you can. We're there. But lads, lads, lads. Go on. If you want to contribute to this podcast, if you want to have your on-screen name dropped mid-episode like it was today, get up on that Discord. Hop up on it. Get up on it where you can communicate with Michael or myself in real time. Like real the time. Future. Sometimes we'll even answer. So most of the time we don't even answer that's not true we, 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 we try to answer as many as possible do get up there have a chat with us let us know what you think of the episode or let us know what you'd like to hear on future episodes or just bloody tell us we're awful it doesn't really matter it's grand <laughs> um, as long as there's engagement <laughs> as long as there's engagement you can see us in a week's time ladies and gentlemen we're going to be talking about the topic oh, I'm not sure what topic we're on next week because we're, we're in the middle of a negotiation on that topic so we'll oh, okay. have to okay. stay tuned to be certified TBC We'll figure it out. And we'll figure it out. That's it from us this week, ladies and gentlemen. Bye-bye. Goodbye, everybody. Don't forget to remember. Ooh. <laughs>